Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Flex Cortex. Today I'm talking with Reno Henrique. Reno is a Nate PFT graduate, a CSEP CPT, and a fellow coworker of mine at Movadi Windermere. We'll be going over a list of some things that he deems essential to being successful in the industry long term. So this will be a really good episode for those of you on the in-person space and even for some of you guys that are in the online space. Just some things to consider when you're trying to build your business. Um, so if you want to check him out on his Instagram, it is at Reno Henrique. So at R-E-N-O-H-E-N-R-I-Q-U-E. He posts content on a weekly basis, so definitely toss him a follow. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. So how long have you been at Movadi for? Uh, it's going on, I think, seven months. Since like June 23rd, I think it was our first day. Because you were there for Club Open, right? Yeah. That was that was pretty wicked, actually. We had a like huge party and everything. So that was something like I've never never experienced uh, like a grand opening for a club, especially not on that level. Like the amount of staff we had was pretty insane. Pizza party and costumes and everything. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, because, um, well, I mean, obviously I haven't been there as long as you have, but even the team right now, there's like 25, I think, just trainers. Um, is that including Kyle and Greg? Yeah, I don't think that includes them or the like fitness coaches that we have. That's a couple there. So yeah, I think we're something like 28 right now. Upon club opening, I think we were at 23. And uh, yeah, people have kind of come and gone. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's a pretty, pretty huge team. It's, you know, something I've never experienced at a club usually coming from most gyms, you're going to be sitting with like, maybe seven, seven other trainers or something like that, maybe 12 on the high end. But it's a whole new scale in terms of size of the uh, the PT team, the gym, the equipment, specialty equipment, and just like all the options you have, like a functional area versus like your traditional commercial gym, stuff like that. So it's been it's been really awesome. Provides a lot of opportunity for learning new equipment, um, different types of programming you can do, um, and then also like the opportunities for the clientele and how fast you can build it up if you implement a lot of these things that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so um, to bounce off that, I just want to obviously thank you for coming on too. I know that you're obviously a pretty busy guy, so it's good to, to have you on to talk about your success in the industry and talk about um, some of your, I guess it's like a blueprint, right? The kind of like we mentioned, a survival guide, if you will, for new PTs for um, the in-person space. But I also think that a lot of these things will be helpful for those of you that are still in the online space too, uh, just because what you do online is a direct representation of you as well. So your online persona is still very important to, to represent and to maintain. Um, but I'll let you kick it off and we'll kind of go through each one um, in the order that um, you deem them to be most essential. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It's, it's going to be a pleasure for sure. Um, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there for sure. It's like, I think a lot of this stuff is going to help um, people that are getting started into the PT field, um, people that are in it in something that we call like a PT purgatory where they're like, you know, between 60 hours and 100 hours per month of just training hours, um, kind of helping them get out of that and then how they can just find more success, more stability, 
um, in their scheduling and in their income is going to be a huge thing. Um, the online space, like you mentioned, we both, you, you to a larger degree, but we both do that a little bit too. Um, and then, you know, I think a lot of these things are going to carry over, not just from, not just the PT, but also like pretty much any other career or job where you're looking to make, you know, good first impressions, um, you know, find success, find that stability and that income. And then even like later on, we're going to talk about like how you can carry these essential skills, these foundational skills and habits, um, you know, into long-term success as well. And yeah, so kind of going into the first one here. So yeah, we kind of put these into what I think is like probably the best order in terms of like importance and everything. Um, this isn't like an end all be all kind of thing, but like I said, I think from experience, uh, and feedback, things like that, these are the types of things that people should really strive for, um, and have at least most of these in their tool belt in terms of their habits and their skills. Um, and yeah, like the first one here is just looking the part. So this could be clothing or your uniform, um, hair, smell, name tag, you know, things like that. Um, having everything that you need, oh, like your iPad, your program, this type of stuff. And we actually look into getting into the sessions. Um, I think this kind of stuff is like bare minimum, <laughs> in my opinion. I think it's like, look the part, show your confidence, show your professional. Um, you know, it's like, make sure your stuff is clean, no stains, no holes, um, hair, you know, brushed styled, whatever, doesn't have to look crazy. Um, and smell it's like a lot of a lot of PTs, like we work out maybe before or between clients. And you know, just make sure you're having a shower. Or, you know, if you don't sweat much, whatever, like wear your deodorant, wear your cologne, perfume, whatever it is, do what you need to do. Um, name tag, like don't have this thing like upside down or missing your name tag, something like that. Like these are just like, like you said, like bare minimum things. Um, in the PT space or any other career or job. Like, I think these things are super important that you just get this down day to day. Um, Cause it's gonna, it's gonna show a lot. Like first impressions are a huge thing. Uh, I learned a long time ago that, you know, most people are gonna know within like the first 30 seconds if they wanna work with you, um, if they're gonna trust you, if they're gonna trust your opinions and things that you say um, and how this carries over to like, building that trust and retention or gaining them and then like keeping them as a client in terms of like how it carries over to your programming efforts. Um, you know, just day to day, how much effort you care about the job, like your passion in the job. And like I said, the programming and things like that, the attention that you have to them in their form in the, in the actual sessions and things like that. So yeah, I think that's going to be a, a big one. What do you think about that? Yeah, just to bounce off that, I mean, I think the biggest thing is probably, like, like, like you mentioned, especially for like a consult, right? When you're initially meeting somebody, that first like 30 seconds, right? Let's say a good example, like you mentioned before, was you just worked out. And let's say you didn't put any cologne or deodorant on, and you come in there and you, and you smell, especially if you're stuck in a consult room with somebody, that's probably like one of the worst things you could do. Um, but then also too, and I think it looks bad is like a lot of PTs will just have their programs open on their phone. Um, even though like the program is open on your phone, how it looks to people around you, it looks like you're texting. It looks like you're on social media between sets, which means you're not really engaged. 
Um, and people do notice it as much as you maybe think like people don't notice. They definitely do because when you're with your clients, it's free advertising, it's free marketing for yourself, how engaged you are, what you're doing with them. Right. And people might see something that you're doing with that client and they might be like, that's really cool. I want to like learn that with them or they see something that you're doing. And you're like, that's why I don't have a trainer. So it's like kind of, it's one of the two things. Um, so I think again, bare minimum is like having an iPad or having a laptop. If you're really old school, having a printout, some people still do that. Um, but at least something that's also like tangible too for the client that they can actually see that you're tracking. Um, Cause they, and like, again, to add on to that, the one thing you don't want to have happen is a client's like, what did I do last week? And you're like, I don't know. So you, you definitely want to have record of what they did and you want to make sure that you're, you're holding your end on that because that's what they're paying you for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's a, uh, it's a really good point. It's like kind of all these things, it's like your body, your performance, your attention to your client and, and what you're tracking. Um, like it's our business, like all of those things are our business and that's our marketing and things like that, our image. Right. So yeah, it's a really, really good point for sure. Uh, yeah, it kind of goes into like the second point here is engagement and being present. So this is like with your client, like we just talked about, I think we kind of covered the most of that there. Um, whether it be watching their form, walking around them, looking at all the different points of their form and their technique, um, tracking week to week, um, you know, everything about that session, tracking it. Um, like you said, even with like hard copies, you know, at least have it on a clipboard, make it look professional. Um, but I think most people have gone towards more technology and iPads and things like that. You know, I've, I've seen some people with their phones. Yes, it can definitely look bad. Um, even social media, like if you're on your phone, maybe you're showing your clients something. But again, like nobody knows the context of what's happening there, right? Around you. Um, they're just going to, they're going to have their assumptions. Again, the, the world is very superficial these days. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's just be engaged be present. Um, I, I think someone said it a little while ago, it's like a bomb could go off beside you and you should still be looking at your client. I think that's a little extreme, but I think it's the right idea in terms of like being engaged in like everything around you because there's so much going on in a, in a commercial space, so many distractions, be focused on your client, show them that you care. When, you, when they're on rest or something, then that's your time to kind of look around, talk about whatever. Um, but I think in each set, a big role of a PT is to make sure that every rep that they're doing is not only safe, but you're trying to make it as perfect as possible for ensuring their optimal progress. Right. Um, but this kind of goes into like being present in the gym as well. Um, so it's like prospecting at the PT or the front desk. Um, maybe your gym doesn't have two different ones. Movadi has a PT desk upstairs and then a front desk downstairs. Um, you need to be like, inputting yourself in the places of the gym that you're going to get the most engagement with members, um, other clients, like get to know other clients of other trainers, just start to create this sense of like community. Um, and again, professionalism, marketing, building a reputation, um, make yourself known, be helpful. Even if you're not like actually on the clock, if you're not with a client, um, just being helpful to other staff and things like that of the, of the club gonna be a big part um but yeah just being around a lot so that people start to know you they know your name they start to talk to other people about you um i've had it time and time again people are like oh man you're here all the time or you work your ass off you know stuff like that um 
and then creating a social media presence, right? So utilize the social media platforms. Instagram obviously is probably the biggest one. Um, you know, making content for your gym specifically, and then connect that to your personal page, follow all the rules there. Um, if your gym doesn't have a, a social media presence, create one. Ask if you can be the admin, if you can fit that into your schedule or find someone that'd be good at that. Um, and just, yeah, just try and increase your reach um, in the community that you're building, um, the gym's building, and just make sure that you're putting out really good contents that, again, it connects back to your image and what people want um, or what you want people to think of you and, and your content, what you're doing as a PT, the quality of you as a PT. Um, show your skills, show what's uh, maybe like specific to you, something unique about you, things like that. So I think that's, uh, yeah, I think it's a big part of building your reputation, gaining clients, and then keeping clients as well. I think one thing to add to that, um, I'm not sure if we, we're going to discuss it later, but it's also remember who your audience is. Um, so make sure that when you're posting, you're posting for potential clients and for your current clients. Um, you're not trying to post to flex to your peers. Um, so remember to use terminology that makes sense. Um, if you want to use big terminology, elaborate and make sure that you, people can actually understand it. Um, because I see a lot of people that will just put, again, big words. I've used them myself, right? Just look smart. But end of the day, your clients don't know what retraction is. They don't know what adduction is. They don't know any of that stuff. Um, but if you tell them what it is, right? Uh, and exactly what the motion is, if you like to educate them, because I know that I like to, and I know that Reno does as well, because um, you're teaching them, giving them tools, then that's fine. But just don't say random words at them and shout in Greek and then not give them anything to go off of. Uh, but that's probably all I wanted to add to that. Apart from that, like, yeah, make sure that you're posting regularly, uh, post content that people can actually utilize. Um, I mean, progress pictures are fine. Lifting videos are fine. But uh, you should have some content that people can actually look at and be like, okay, like this is what this guy's about or this is what this girl's about um, and just try to make sure that you're providing value. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I can't, I don't even know, I've lost count of how many clients that I've gained from people coming up to me or to the PT desk and be like, I want to see Reno or they talk to me directly and they're like, hey, I've seen your stuff on Instagram and I want to work with you. And like, that's one of the best feelings is like you literally just gained a client potentially, or you met with someone and you helped change their life in some way, just from you making content that was maybe it took you like 30 minutes or something like that. Right. But you put yourself ahead of the game and above, like not above, I don't want to use that word, but like you made yourself stand out to the rest of the PTs at that gym or in the space in general. Um, so that you may, maybe you're not like smarter than the next guy next to you, the next PT next to you, but you just did something that that person didn't, right? So I think it can be very, very valuable in terms of gaining clients and again, keeping clients because your clients that you currently have, they start to see that you're putting out that content or you tell them like, you know, stories here and there of how you gained a client from that. And they really start to respect your, like what you're putting out there, but also like your time and your time slots in your schedule a lot more too. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things in terms of creating that, um, schedule stability or financial stability is day in and day out, 
showing your clients in some way, like how invaluable your time is. And they start to really respect that a lot more um, when it comes to rescheduling or last minute cancellations, like all these types of things that a lot of PTs can relate to. This is going to help with that a lot, right? In terms of like, hey, this is your day and time. I don't have any other days and times available at the moment. So do your best to keep that. And then please give me 24 to 48 hours notice if you need to reschedule, right? Because my time is valuable. These time slots are valuable. Someone else wants it if you don't, right? So I think that can go a long way too. Yeah, absolutely. Some great points there, especially for people that are just trying to get into the industry or people that have even been in it for some time too. Um, it's all about, again, utilizing your resources and um, making yourself available and um, just like being at the gym, like you mentioned before too, like making sure that when you're not with clients and when you're not working out, um, obviously we'll talk about that later on too, how it's important to have your time slots, you know, allocated and like kind of selected off for yourself, but making yourself available to meeting people and just talking to gym members at the gym. Yeah, for sure. And now like number three here, putting the time, I think we just talked a lot about this in the you know second and first point there um but like you were just saying there too and we were talking about like making your making your time slots valuable is like we've all ran into last minute cancellations and for me i work you know a four hour block in the morning then i eat work out eat and then work another four hour block so i'm at the gym for something like 12 hours i want to make sure that I am like, if I have a last minute cancellation, maybe you still get paid for it, you know, that kind of thing because of the policies, but you now have a free hour if someone canceled, right? So fill that time with something that's going to be building your business or again, helping create that, you know, schedule stability or financial stability. If I have an hour, what can I do? Can I make content or can I prospect? Now that prospect branches out into, can I make content? Um, maybe can I get a quick workout in? Um, can I talk to somebody on the floor or multiple people on the floor? Can I go to the PT desk? Can I go to the uh, front desk? Can I talk to some new people? Can I get a GPS or, um, you know, like a starter session and a new set, a new member comes in, they get a free session, a complimentary session. Can I book one of those in, or can I just book some, some things in for next week? right? What can I do in that time? So I'm not just sitting there doing nothing or maybe admin work admin, maybe that's on the lower end of the totem pole um, in terms of what you could do. But that admin work, get it done now. So you don't have to do it later. Right? So it's just, again, utilize any free time you have, if you're still trying to build up your business, or, again, solidify that business long term. Yeah, and, and prospecting will look different depending on what you're doing, right? Um, for in person, it's building rapport with people, uh, maybe talking about um, referrals or, you know, the renewal talks, right? Um, but then when it comes to online space, you know, prospecting is just trying to like, you know, do more stories to collab with other individuals in the, in the industry, right? Um, other prospecting stuff would be just putting out content, like, and making sure that people know who you are and um, actually putting like a face to your account. Because I feel like a lot of people don't actually post enough of them and who they are and what they do. Um, and then it's at the point where they can't really associate that page with the person. So you need to actually make sure that you're being more authentic and that you're actually showing, it sounds, it sounds cliche, but like the human side of you a little bit. 
um, and making sure that people actually like know who you are. So that way, when they approach you, if they like that, they see you, they're not nervous to like approach you. Cause I know people are already like nervous to approach trainers. Um, and we're like, we're all here to help. And if we can't help you, we probably know somebody that can. Yeah. It's funny. You, you said, you know, how it kind of sounds cliche, but I think humanizing yourself is probably one of the biggest things when it comes to building that rapport or building that long-term connection with someone or a deeper connection with the client is again, some people just assume that PTs, if you're a PT, whether you've been just starting or you've been doing it for a long time, that you already have everything figured out and that your training and your nutrition and everything is just peak. Well, it's not right. Like we all have things that we're working on. We all have goals that we're setting every week and every month, every year, um, if you're doing it right. And yeah, we all have our own challenges and struggles that we go through. And I think um, creating content that reflects that, even if it's just a story post here and there, um, it shows again, that you're not perfect and that it humanizes you so that they can approach you a lot easier. Um, again, don't post stuff that obviously negatively impacts your business and your image but it just, again, it humanizes you and it's, uh, it does help with creating a better connection with people for sure. Yeah. In that sense, like authenticity is key, right? Like you don't need to, like you said before, share too much. You want to make sure that you're keeping business and personal stuff separate, um, which is a different topic for a different time. Um, but, uh, it is good to be important or good to be authentic and also just talk about, um, like, you know, your, your personal struggles and what you maybe have set for goals. Um, and then also a lot of us have coaches too, right? So a lot of us are all actually buying into the business that we're selling. Um, so most people don't actually realize that. And where a lot of us are working through current injuries, uh, trying to rehab past injuries or injury prevention stuff, right? I mean, we're definitely not perfect by any means. And uh, I guarantee that we all indulge in food sometimes too. So we're not Superman. Yeah, for sure, man. And actually, um, yeah, I think that's a really good transition into this next, um, this next point. Well, we may all swap these a little bit here. Um, cause I think that's a good transition is where you said like we all are not all, but most of us have coaches as well, or maybe we did at some point. Um, and this is goes into like investing yourself. So number five here is investing yourself, investing in yourself. Sorry. Um, and it's like, how can I show that? Like, even though I have a coach or, you know, how is that affecting my business? Like, what can I gain from that coach? And then how does that uh, go into improving my business and my, my skills, my knowledge, my assessments, programming in general, right? Um, but this the biggest one here in terms of investing yourself is like, what certifications are you getting? Online resources are you uh, reading through? Books are you reading through? What podcasts are you listening to, right? Um, like I said before, it's like we should all be, you know, in terms of progressing ourselves, progressing our clients, progressing our business, like what are your weekly goals? Are you setting weekly goals? If not, you should be, um, you know, monthly goals, yearly goals, um, and like certifications, those maybe they'll be in person for like two days on a weekend, or maybe it's something you take from, uh, maybe it's online, you know, with COVID and stuff, the restrictions, there's a lot of stuff that's online platforms doesn't matter how you get it. It's just like, what are you getting from that? Um, you know, try and get a, a couple of different certifications, maybe per year, if you really want to excel in your business. Um, and, you know, books, podcasts, that's probably like a weekly thing that you could um, be looking at completing one of those or a couple of those each week. 
Um, it's just, again, what can we take from those things that we can put into ourselves, our own progression, um, whether it be in nutrition or aesthetics or strength, programming, whatever. Um, and then also into our clients as well. How can, how can we utilize that stuff to make their, their like our overall service to them better? Right. So I think that's, that's a huge thing that added to a lot of success. A lot of my success, most trainers success, right. Is picking the right certifications. Um, and, and okay, well, what's the right certification? Well, it's like, what's the certification or what's coming from that certification that's going to be most beneficial to my clientele right now, or the clients that I'm trying to get. Right. And that can go into like the books and podcasts and all that as well. Yeah. It's all about trying to, well, I mean, it should better your own training as well, right? If you can apply what you've learned to your own training physically, um, then there should be no reason why you can't apply it to your clients as well. Um, so I think it's it's a very important, like you mentioned, to find certifications that you actually have interest in doing uh, and that can help excel you in your career in some way, shape or form. Um, and then there's a lot of good online resources as well. It's just a matter of kind of filtering through a lot of stuff that isn't, uh, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast before. Um, and then again, like podcasts, hopefully this one, we'll plug that. Um, but then there's other podcasts too, like, you know, there's RX, there's muscle intelligence, there's, man, there's so many other ones that like I listen to, right. On a daily basis. And even, it doesn't have to be even fitness ones, right. Um, business ones, self-development ones, as long as you're able to develop yourself in some way, um, just to get you further ahead. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah. And then going into number four, cause like I said, kind of swapping those. Um, and this is like master the basics, right? If you're a new PT, maybe you're a current PT and you're just looking at like, what could be better about my service? What could be better about my programming? Things like that. Start by mastering the basics. And then from there, looking into like maybe different training methods, um, coaching skills, things like that. Again, just all these things that we can do to elevate our service to our clients, right? Or again, our own progression, our own training and mastering that for ourselves. But then also like not getting so fixated on our own training and what works for us, right? And being able to separate from that and being like, okay, this worked for me, but my client, Sandra, you know, maybe she has something wrong with her shoulder. So this movement isn't going to work for her. And this is why, and I'm going to do this instead whatever, just understand like, what is your goal? What is your outcome with that? Um, and then how can I adapt it to that person's specific needs, goals, situations, conditions, whatever it is, injuries, you know, things like that, but really master the basics. And then from there, you can start to try out some other things. There's still always going to be some trial and error, um, whether it be with training or nutrition for yourself or with your clients. But if they know, that you're trying out something that has, you know, this goal and this expected outcome. Um, and then from there, you just let them know like, Hey, we might have to tweak a couple of things, but this should ultimately be very good for your goal and your needs and things like that. Just always understand or help them understand that you're thinking of like that bigger picture and that you have their best interest in mind and you're not doing things that are like high risk, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest things just master the basics and, and stick to them. They work, for pretty much everybody for a very long time until then you have to start getting into some more uh, maybe more advanced training methods and being a little more creative with certain things um and yeah just don't try to change things too often or anything like that too 
I think master the basics is kind of like in two in two ways, right? Master basics as far as like your own movements, um, as far as cues that work for yourself uh, and multiple different cues you can use different clients because clients obviously learn different ways. Um, some people are way more tangible. Some people are way more like auditory, um, visual. So like people just have to learn in different senses. So you have to have different cues and you have to be able to teach uh, exercise different ways because the way that you taught one client might not work at all for somebody. And you also have to realize too that sometimes you're going to have to go off the script and the basics aren't going to work. Um, and like you, you would think that one way of teaching something would work, but you're going to have to try to find a way to alter that and find a way to teach it to that person. Um, a good example for me is I try to teach somebody a hip hinge at Movadi actually, and they didn't really know how to hip hinge. Uh, they were getting frustrated with it. So we ended up actually progressing to actually teach them it. And we actually did a single leg RDL assisted instead, which is again, it's more of a advanced progression of a hip hinge. Um, but they were able to understand that and they're actually able to do it. So there's no point in like beating your head in or beating their head in trying to do a progression um, or just a movement that they can't understand um, as far as like just retention of that client. Um, but like Reno said before too, the basics are there because they work um, and you know you don't need to try to reinvent the wheel. I've talked about that lots on the podcast. A lot of PTs come out of school and they're trying to do a lot of like quote unquote stability stuff um, on a BOSU ball, on, you know, foam rollers. We've seen a lot of stuff. Um, you know, people are just trying to do stuff to probably flex or they just get lost in the concept of what stability actually is. Um, just for people that are maybe new, it's like deviation of center of mass and base support. So you're just changing those two things, and which is a very broad spectrum of stability. Um, but you don't need to be hopping on something that's physically unstable to try to challenge stability. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I think a lot of things that you covered there were very important. Um, so mastering basics in regards of movement, but then also mastering basics in regard of, of stuff that we're covering today and setting yourself up for success long-term. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and yeah, you made a good point with the, the queuing. That's a, it's a huge thing that again, once you've kind of mastered those basics, understand that each um, client is going to be different in terms of how they learn. So there's always going to be, you always have to try something different with when it comes to queuing, right? Like you said, there's going to be someone that, you know, just hearing a certain cue or hearing it like in an analogy or some kind of other form helps them picture it or watching you do the movement is obviously going to help a lot of people. Um, and then the spectrum of, you know, the regressions and then progressions of that movement. Okay. Where do they like, what one of that in terms of where they fall, like, um, which one did they pick up the easiest, right? Um, so yeah, it might be easier for one person. It might be harder for another person, but you know, things like that. It's just understanding that spectrum and how you can adapt it um, to that, that client's needs specifically. And then also in terms of uh, adapting for a lot of PTs um, at Movadi specifically, but maybe at like bigger gyms, whether this be in the States, I know there's a lot of big gyms there with larger teams, um, a lot of machines, a lot of members. How can I go in with a plan to each session? Again, first steps, having your iPod and your, or your um, iPad in your program. And then from there, you're looking at the gym floor. And if you're working peak hours, right? For Movadi, it's like um, maybe 11 and then also like 6 p.m. You look at the gym floor and it's like, okay, this was my plan today. But I see that none of those machines are available, right? It's like you go over, obviously talk to the person, see how many more sets they have, whatever. But don't waste time 
go like have something in mind already, right? You have a plan with that program and you have certain movements that you're trying to hit or certain muscle groups, you should already know like two or three or four other alternatives at the snap of your finger, like in the back of your head, and you can go right there and not waste any time. And your clients will really, really appreciate that. And again, it shows that extra value of having a trainer by their side, not only to take them to the workout, but also support them and push them. But also if they get stuck, they don't just turn to cardio machines because that's what they're comfortable with, or they sit there and wait 20 minutes for a machine, right? Uh, you can take them to something else. And it's, it's like, hey, this was the plan. We went over it last week. It's unfortunate we have to change it right now, but we're going to target, we're going to go on this exercise and I'm going to teach you something new so that maybe when you come in for your solo workout, you now have two things in mind that you could go to, right? So I think that's, I think that's a big thing too. Yeah, it's all about like adaptability, being able to think of things on the fly. Um, it makes you look like you actually care and that you're present um, versus just trying to follow a program. And that comes down to being a coach versus being a trainer, um, being able to evaluate the situation and being able to actually think like, okay, well, this exercise stresses this kind of response or this, the response is this goal, blah, blah, blah. Um, what can I do to try to target that? And how efficient is it? Is it to progress? You know, is it very similar modality wise? Um, like Reno just mentioned too, you can utilize the opportunity to teach somebody something new. Um, maybe it's something you haven't done before, but at least it expands their current vocabulary of exercises because um, we're all here to educate and teach as well. Yeah, for sure. Then you might even find something that they like more. I've had that happen one time where it's like you go in with a plan. You're like, this is going to be optimal right now. Um, again, with maybe some tweaks here and there. But then they're like, oh, I actually really like that exercise more than the other one. And I have more of a sensation, which again, that's not always the best indication of progress or um, what stimulus, whatever it is. But sensation for someone that's just starting in the gym can actually be really, really important for developing that like quote unquote mind muscle connection. Um, and it can help them learn that that skill, that movement, that exercise a lot easier, right? So or that's a training method, you do a different training method for whatever reason, and they end up liking it a lot more, right? So like you were saying, it expands their vocabulary, expands their knowledge, their confidence in the gym, because now they have alternatives. And yeah, they can go from there, right? Okay, so point six here. So yeah, we're going into point six. So looking at like understanding that in this job and most jobs and when you're building a career, you're building a successful business, you need to understand that there's going to be sacrifices, right? So this is like, uh, there's a huge, huge spectrum here, but I would say for a lot of things off the top of my head, it's like, sacrifices in terms of maybe time, maybe things that you do in your free time normally, um, you know, sacrifices like at the gym itself, where you want to be doing one thing, but you got to do another thing. Uh, relationships, it can be a little bit of strain on relationships as well. Um, so it's just looking at like, okay, I'm setting these expectations and these understandings between my, my partner um, and for myself, like, okay, I really liked gaming in the past, but now I'm going to be trying to grind, grind it out at this new job that at this new gym and try and build my clientele, like as quickly as efficiently as possible. And so I have to kind of put, you know, gaming or, you know, whatever it is uh, on the back burner a little bit, right. Um, without dropping your like quote unquote non-negotiables, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, 
but it's just understanding, okay, I got to work really, really hard right now, build this clientele, get it stabilized, build a reputation. And then from there, you can start easing other things back in so that you have that like, you know, healthy work-life balance kind of thing where um, you may not have that in the beginning. Actually, I, I can almost guarantee you won't have that in the beginning, right? Or then you're going to be giving up um, efficiency and effective, uh, being effective in building that clientele or building that business, right? Or you might not be hitting quotas or you might not be hitting numbers, right? Because you're trying to do other things at the same time, right? So um, yeah, I'd say just, again, talking to your partner, having a talk with yourself and just understanding like that there will be sacrifices as you try and grind it out, right? Yeah, I mean, for the first bit, time's going to be a finite resource you're going to have a lot of. So you shouldn't feel bad to be able to utilize some of that time in a productive way, right? So if you're in person at the gym, make sure that you're allocating more time to actually prospect like we discussed earlier, um, which is, again, like could be seen as a quote unquote sacrifice. But if it can get you further ahead, then it's not really a sacrifice. Um, and then for, you know, the online space, you're going to have to just try to allocate extra time to content if you don't have somebody for social media, right? Um, and then also just like content creation in general. So you should be trying to follow some sort of set schedule for when you post, um, some sort of idea of what you're posting on a regular basis. Um, and you don't have to have a theme. Like I try to have a theme for mine, but as long as you're planning ahead and you're planning, you know, your content's all structured, um, then that should be something good to kind of work off of. But then also just realizing that, you know, like Reno mentioned that there will be sacrifices with time, um, but then also relationships. So that's just like friendships in general too. friendships, you know, marriage, whatever it is. Um, sometimes you're going to have to prioritize your business, whether it's in person or online first. And people have to understand that if you want to be successful in this industry. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you gotta, you gotta be looking at the big picture, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to be, and yeah, like you said, maybe the sacrifice isn't, isn't the best word. It's like, what can I do right now in terms of investing this time? Obviously time's super valuable. So I'm investing this time into this area a little bit more right now for maybe like, I'd say at least two months, if you're really good, three months, four months, maybe. Um, and then from there, I, like I said, I you start getting back into investing that time into friendships and relationships, your partner. Um, yeah. And just free time, whatever you like to do. Um, you start, putting that back in a little bit more and you start then being able to like uh, mold your schedule a little bit more, uh, shape that schedule a little bit more when you have more freedom because you have more clients, you have better income coming in, you have more stability. Um, you're hitting those numbers that management wants you to hit and things like that. Right. Um, so again, you have a little bit more flexibility later on, but you should not be expecting that flexibility when you first start, right? You're going to be going through a bit of a grind or you should be anyway. Um, especially with like a grand opening, like Movadi had, it's like within that first month going into second month, like I was almost a full clientele already. Then from there, it's like, how can I keep that clientele? How can I get a really high percentage of renewal rates, right? That client retention. And then from there, I can start to reshape my schedule where I finally started taking Saturdays off for the first time ever. Right. I didn't have to start, I didn't have to keep working Saturdays. So now all of a sudden I have so much more time for my partner, for things I like to do, my mental health started to get to get better. My, um, my sleep started to get better. Nutrition got a little bit better because I had more time to meal prep and grocery shop and all that kind of stuff. Right. So all these things can start coming back in after 
I'd say again, two or three months minimum. Right. Um, and again, it's not like you're grinding so hard that you're hating life or you're, um, not enjoying the job. But again, for the most part, it's just going to be an investment in that business, in that bigger picture and understanding how that can, that return of investment, how that can pay off later on. Right. Like this is, uh, I think this is a trap that a lot of, like we were talking about before, like PT purgatory, where a lot of, um, PTs kind of get stuck in this is they didn't, maybe they didn't grind hard enough or they didn't implement certain things to make the most of that prospecting time or have a higher closing rate um, or whatever it is. Um, and so now all of a sudden they've maybe kept a few clients, but they haven't been able to renew a lot of them, or they haven't been able to gain more as they've lost some to keep that stability in their clientele. Right. So I think again, a lot of these things can help with not only the client gain, but also that client retention and then later on, obviously a lot better work-life balance. Yeah, it's a, it's a process, right? Especially for people first starting out, it can be frustrating because you're, you're not seeing a ton for a ton of ROI. Kind of like you mentioned, like you're putting a lot of time there that's unpaid. Um, so you're just thinking like, well, you know, I'm not getting paid for a lot of the admin time or I'm not getting paid for a lot of the programming that I'm doing, or I'm not getting paid for all this stuff. But I mean, like, you gotta think big picture. Um, and then, you know, before you know it, you'll, you will fill up. It's just a matter of time. And then at that point, it's just retention. Um, and then if people don't want to resign, then you're trying to be actively trying to find new clients. Yeah, for sure. All right. So number seven, so drop the ego and be coachable. <laughs> so I think this is a big one. Um, again, dropping the ego, this is something again, in all like many aspects of life, also in, in training, when we're talking about health and fitness and your training. Um, to be safe and be actually have progressive overload and things like that. Um, but when it comes to PT specifically, um, again, building a business, um, being successful. And when you're first starting out, don't come into it thinking that you know everything or like we talked about before, like trying to reinvent the wheel. Drop that ego, leave it at the door. Don't forget what you learned, right? Because I know some jobs will tell you to do that. But it's like, okay, I've learned what I've learned. I'm going to have an open mind and keep my ears open. I'm going to learn from other people that have been doing this for a long time, or maybe the managers or the top trainers at that club or in the company, whatever it is. Um, you're starting to learn from them and then mold that or, you know, shape that with um, what you've learned. Um, progress that way, right? You can get so much like free knowledge, skills, assessments, programming, advice, um, rehab advice, you know, things like that from other trainers. And then from there, like that also goes into like certifications is like, start picking those certifications that are going to be very valuable to you and your clientele. And just look at all those ways, all those opportunities that you can start getting all of that knowledge, um, training and development. I know there's a lot of trainers that like, they stop going, whether this be at, at good life or Movadi or whatever other gym, they stop going to those training and development meetings because they're like, Oh, I I'm too good for that. Or it's a waste of my time now, or it's uh, not a good investment of my time and things like that. Maybe that's true for some of them, but I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you don't know what you don't know. You could go to them. You could learn something in a different way. We talked before about how like all these different queuing, you know, methods, training methods, things like that too. It's like you hear something in a different way that may help you build your business or gain a client, or it's just, you start learning a lot more things from other people. So to surround yourself, like 
the, I think the old saying was like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. But at the same time, you can learn something from everybody, right? So I think it's just one of those things, just overall, just surround yourself with the right people, talk with people, drop the ego, be coachable. And yeah, you might learn a thing or two. Yeah, utilize the team, right? Like for us, we have a huge team of PTs. Uh, we have a lot of higher level PTs as well. So it's a great opportunity for us to pick their brain. Like you said before, assessments, uh, training principles, modalities, all that stuff has worked for them. Or maybe you're taking a client through a new block that you've never taken a client through before. Or maybe you're playing with a new system you've never trained with before, like energy system wise. Um, or if you have the money, right, you could also hire not one of the PTs as well, right? Like you could hire a PT that you look up to and actually use that as like a, almost like a mentorship opportunity, right? Like that's kind of like what I'm doing with Eric. Um, and you can have them teach you and have them help develop more skills and have them actually refine those skills, right? Um, just so that way you're able to actually like use them as another resource, but then you're also able to develop on what you already know. And just coming out of Nate, right? A lot of people think they know a lot of everything. And I, I was probably there too, right? I came out of Nate thinking that I knew a lot that, you know, you, like you mentioned before, it's all the ego, right? You think you know lots and you, um, chances are you think you know way more than you actually do. Um, and then you, you get open to it pretty quickly, but it's a matter of just getting your feet wet and getting into the industry and just getting the mental reps in. Um, and then just honestly, it doesn't really matter what kind of certification you get. Cause people always ask me like, Oh, what's the best training cert? And I always tell people like, there's really no best training cert. There's ones that are obviously going to be going to be like a little bit higher recognized. Um, but when it comes down to it, just be like eager to keep learning, um, be eager to further education, right? Like we mentioned before, like doing more certifications, you know, listening to podcasts, um, applying stuff that you're learning from your courses to your own training, right? Um, it's just coming in here, willing to learn open-minded and, uh, you'll see success in the industry for sure. hundred percent, man. And yeah, going into number eight. So we talked a little bit about like, um, well, this, this point being like, be passionate and go the extra mile. So we talked a little bit before about like unpaid hours. And again, like, I think this is one of the things that's helped elevate my business and elevated my, even just like the passion for what I do. Um, and people started to notice this clients, managers, things like that. Um, getting good, really good feedback with this stuff is like, we're looking at that big picture. So again, it's how are we looking at like, where can I invest this time? And what am I going to get out of that? Right? So I think again, it's just um, utilizing that time to like, okay, I have this new client, where one of their goals is to become a firefighter, and they have to do the physical testing for that. Well, I've never done that specifically. So but I know a good amount of it, right? Or I understand the movements, I understand the training that they have to do. But again, I want to learn the specifics. So I go home, I spend two hours watching videos on those specific tests, because there's there's a few, you know, some variants and stuff. What, where are they going for it? Now, what assessments do they actually do at that place? And then what do I need to do in terms of programming to get them to that point? Right? And like, what, what does my gym have in terms of like, what I have to maybe tweak some things a little bit to get the same stimulus and the same um, effect, right? Um, and that's just one example. It's like you're going that extra mile to give that client the best service and obviously help them get their goals. But then from there, it's like you can even tell them, like be open, be honest. Again, humanize yourself. It's like 
you tell them that, okay, like I've never done that specifically, but I can do that, right? I can make it happen. And then from there, when you actually made it happen, they're like, okay, this guy, he's not just doing a nine to five job. He's going outside of his, um, his hours, his schedule to invest that time into the client, right? And then that is going to lead to client retention, right? And respect, right? And reputation because word of mouth is a huge thing in this, um, in this industry, right? So again, be passionate, go the extra mile. And the whole be passionate thing, obviously, this is going to be about like, goes into a lot of the other points that we talked about. Um, but if you're loving what you do, it's not going to feel like work a lot of the time. Um, it's going to feel like work sometimes for sure. But there's definitely going to be times where you're like, I have an easier time getting up in the morning to do this because I'm passionate about it. I have an easier time spent doing 12 hour days or whatever, because I'm passionate about it. I have an easier time working with this client because I'm passionate about it, whatever it is, right? Yeah, I I, uh, I like that example you use with like with the firefighting because obviously you're gonna get some really specific clients like that where they come to you for very like niche goals that you probably never worked with, and I think it is it speaks lots of volume too if you also know what's with uh, what like what's actually outside of your scope. So I think if you have somebody come up to you and you're like, if you're confident, then try it, right? But if you if they came up to you and you're like. Okay, let's, let's say we'll use another example. Somebody comes up to you and they're like, okay, well, I want to do Olympic lifting. For me personally, like that's not within my scope. Like I have never trained somebody for Olympic lifting for like Olympic weightlifting at all. So like I personally would not take someone that wants to do Olympic weightlifting. There's a lot of other great coaches at Mobility that would, um, but I wouldn't be taking them. Um, but like Reno mentioned before, it's like if you have a client come up to you and they're like, oh, I, I want to, you know, get in shape for this test then research the tests, right? Look into the test, see what you can kind of help them with and tell them what to do on their own too. And that's all about showing value, right? It's actually carrying what they're doing when they're not with you. Because like, they're going to be with you for maybe three hours a week. So like, what are they doing for the other? Because it's like, it's a good life thing, but there's like 160 hours in a week, right? So it's like, let's say eight of them, you're sleeping, eight of them, you're working, and you know, you factor in commuting and stuff. It's like, well, there's like 80 hours left over. So it's like three of those are going to be with you. So what are they doing when they're not with you, right? That's when you factor in like other metrics, like nutrition, sleep, recovery. You factor in like, are they active, right? Are they sedentary? Um, and you factor in just other ways to help them excel their progress. Um, so being passionate, showing value is like, obviously, um, just a larger spectrum. Um, and then just also realize when it is outside of your scope and know that it's okay to know that to not know. And to just tell them that you don't know, um, they're going to find that more valuable than acting like, you know, um, and then when they actually don't hit their goal, uh, they'll be upset with you because you didn't have that transparency from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And that, that goes into a lot of like setting the expectations in the beginning, which is again, going to be huge for gaining that client, gaining their respect and them like respecting your, your time and things like that. And that goes into client retention too. Um, and then on the point there, I didn't want to cut you off, but on the point of, you know, trainers understanding what's outside your scope is of course a huge thing and knowing when to refer out, whether it be outside of that gym or outside of the, the PT team or to another PT, but at the same time, there's a lot of newer trainers that are like, oh, I've never done that. So I have to give you to someone else. Okay. Wait a minute. Did that person say that like 
are they going to be doing that tomorrow? Are they going to be expecting to do that tomorrow or in a month or two months or three months? Probably not. That's a new client that wants to be doing, we'll, we'll use the example of, of Olympic weightlifting. They want to be doing that eventually, but have they even built a base yet? Probably not, right? They haven't built a base of like the prerequisite movements up to those, uh, the most complex movements of all, right? So it's like, okay, this is great. We're going to work towards that. But for right now, we need to work on these things. And I want you to start with me for three to six months to develop that foundation, those prerequisite skills, and get all the knowledge and education you can from me. And then I can, and then I'm going to give you, and you can tell them this later on or whatever, but you can give them to that, that other PT later on. In that whole time, you could be learning how to do Again, weightlifting, maybe that's a little bit more complex. That'd take a lot longer. But this goes into other things too, right? Whether it be for the um, you know, firefighter uh, physical testing or whatever. You can use that time that you're training them on what you know how to do. And you can learn how to do that end goal, right? So by the time they get there, you're like, hey, perfect. I know how to do this. Here's the program, right? So new PTs don't fall trapped right to again show confidence like look at okay i can do this for this amount of time and then from there maybe i refer them out or i can use that time to learn something new right and then again using utilizing other people in your pt team or again online resources maybe you go back to like stuff we talked about nate stuff from nate and revisit that kind of stuff and then utilize that for that overall better client service so and that like goes into number nine is like be confident and show your specific value, right? We all have specific skills, unique skills, things that we focus on more. And with that comes a lot of confidence. But on that last point is like, if just really reading the clients and what they need and what they wanna get to, and you can pick a lot of confidence from that as well. And that is really gonna help you with the sales aspect of personal training to gain that client. If you're not confident in what you're talking about or what you're showing them within that session, they're going to pick that out very quickly. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that that helps a ton with client gain and then client retention after that. Yeah. I think it all comes down to like, again, adaptability, right? Kind of like we mentioned earlier, it's all being able to actually, uh, learn new things and being able to like apply what you're learning. Um, it's, it's a good point that you made about, hanging people off too soon because sometimes um you know if you get somebody and you're not comfortable working with them it could just be an experience thing it could just be due to the fact that you're so green that you haven't worked with enough people to actually have confidence in your own skill set um so it doesn't matter of actually just like getting your feet wet and getting like the reps in in a sense um and actually just working with more people and like that's why commercial gyms are a good place to start because you have so much exposure you're around so many other pts and you have a lot of people coming through right so like if you mess up for the first little bit when you're with new people, like especially in like a console, that's fine. You're going to make mistakes. So like, what does it really matter if it's there or if it's somewhere else? Um, and just with the exposure of people that we have and just the amount of people that we have coming in, it, it gives you time to really refine skills and it gives you time to make modifications to something that maybe you thought that you had set in stone and realizing that there should be flexibility in your screening process the way that you talk to people um, and that then also realizing that everyone is so different that you have to talk to people differently too, to realize like who you're talking to and um, what you're actually offering as a service. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like you talked about, you know, even if you made a mistake in that first initial session or even, you know, in sessions thereafter, they're probably not going to know. But at the same time, you don't want to just be like, oh, they didn't catch that, whatever. You want to be like, okay, I made a mistake there. Even if they didn't notice it, I noticed it. And then how can I improve on that? Like every mistake is just an opportunity for you to get better at what you're doing, right? Or learn something new or ask someone, okay, I made this mistake in this session. What could I have done better? If you if you can't figure it out yourself, just self-reflect and then improve thereafter, right? Yeah, and a client will never get mad at you. Well, I've never had a had it happen where they'll never get mad at you if you're applying something that you just learned. So if, if you tell them like, Hey, I did this certification recently, or I was at this course this weekend, you know, and I was thinking further about your issue that you've been having, let's try this. It actually shows that you're actually applying what you're learning and you're trying to help them more. Um, are they going to get mad that you've been doing something different for the past couple of months? I mean, they might, but they're going to be probably more enthused and happy with the fact that you're actually going out of your way to actually try to help them further. And that you're actually thinking about this, right? That it's more of like uh, something that's on your mind that, that, that you actually care because it's on your mind when you're not at work. Cause some people will just like, they'll mentally clock out and they'll mentally clock out. And like, once they're, once they're gone from work, it's like, oh, it's weekend time, you know, boozing, you know, drinking, partying, all that stuff. Right. But it's like, okay, well, if you're thinking about that on your weekends, then obviously you must enjoy what you do. And if you're going to certifications on your time off, obviously you must enjoy what you do. Um, it's all about, kind of getting back what you put into it yeah i don't think i've ever had a client get mad at that um like you said so it's like this is actually one of the most important things when it comes to having a renewal talk you know a couple of sessions out or three sessions out from when they're ending or when that original uh, program and contract was ending and you have that renewal talk and you're like hey do you remember that time or say you say you leveled up right going from level three to level four whatever it is and you're like, you're talking about, okay, there's an increase in price now in my service. One of the reasons for that is that I'm always investing in myself to improve the service I give to you. And as an example, do you remember that time? I'll use an example for me is like when I finished my exercise therapist um, certification, literally the next day on Monday after the weekend certification, I was already utilizing all of those things that I learned from that certification with my clients. And at least four of my clients, I started fixing discomforts, aches, pains, whatever it is. But I was putting that stuff I learned from the certification in a, um, you know, combining that with what I already knew, things that I've already tried, right? And I had a better understanding of like, okay, I've, I've taken this muscle and I've applied this corrective or I wanted to apply this corrective, but they have this issue. Okay. So I'm going to do this corrective instead, but it's almost the same thing and then it works. Right. And you just, you're just starting to like merge all of those things together and you do that while you're being open with them. They're like, what's the worst that can happen. Right. And then, and then it works and they're like, holy crap. Thank you so much. You just showed them that you took immediately. And again, this is kind of going, what you're talking about, like on the weekends, we're not really working, we're learning, right? So that we can apply that to our work in that work week. And then you have it all planned, you start using it with them in that week, and then it's paying off, right? And then it pays off in them renewing later on. And that's again, you investing your time into something like into, into the big picture, right? Later on, it pays off. Yeah. yeah. I think to bounce off that a little bit more too, it's like if your program isn't changing, I think that's the real issue. Because 
as you grow more as a coach and as you develop more skills, your program should be changing because your thought process should be changing. So like we went, like he just mentioned before, he immediately was able to apply what he learned from that course. And it was like, even like for me with the prescript intensive, when we covered all the rib cage stuff, I was looking at my client's programs and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't an optimal position to be training this. So then I was immediately changing it. And then if they asked me why we changed it, I told them why. It's not like you have to be like, okay, well, no, this is because I'm your coach. Just listen. It's like, you have to tell them, no, actually over the weekend, it was brought to my intention that, you know, this is a better way to target this area for you specifically because of your structure. So then you can tell them all of this and then it actually shows them that you care and that you're actually listening and applying what you're learning versus just like, okay, let's just do a bro split and just run this forever until you die. No, I'm just kidding. But if they were new until they die, then that's awesome. It's good for you. <laughs> um, but you just have to be able to actually think about it and you actually have to be able to um, show that you're actually being present when you're not there. So that way that renewal talk is so much easier too. If you're showing that you're actually like actively trying to make yourself better as a coach and as a person, they'll have no issue renewing with you at a higher level. And I've actually had a bunch of renewals that I've had to renew at a higher level. And I've told all of them, like, it's because I have more education. And like, I told all of them that I was going to this upper body intensive. I told all of them that I'm doing more courses and stuff. And like, it's very, very rare that they'll actually have issues with paying you more if they see value in your service. 100% man. I, uh, I was laughing. I was muted, but I was laughing. And I was just because that was, if you, were to, if you were to clip something of this podcast, I think that would be a, a, be a great one right there. And for people listening like that answer you just gave there and that little addition you put on there was was super important for everybody to take away from that and uh yeah going into i guess our last point here number 10 um so this is connecting back to um, understanding that there will be sacrifices at point six there is now now that you've established yourself i've touched on this a little bit already but now that you've established yourself you've established your business you've established your schedule and like your month to month and that clientele where are my non-negotiables or what are my non-negotiables and in my schedule i should be blocking those off right i should be blocking off time for that to ensure that my training my meals my social life my my life with my partner my family whatever it is is all being taken care of right and now we can start investing more time into that maybe like i said after maybe a month two or, or month three I can start focusing on those things a lot more to ensure that I have that good balance of outside the gym. And then obviously when I'm at work, I'm fresh mentally and physically. Um, and I have things to look forward to on the weekend or in my evenings or whatever you work and things like that. So I think this for overall health development and sustainability um, and just overall success, I think these are going to be at this point itself is going to be super important. I think it's a lot of time management, um, especially just like for myself. I knew that that was a, a, ba a major issue um, trying to get my, my online business going, um, but then also trying to balance online and in person, right? You're trying to do two things at once and it can be overwhelming um, and to avoid mental and physical burnout, you actually have to be able to time manage better. Um, so, you know, as, as an example for me, I typically will leave things last minute if I don't have it prepped in advance. 
excellent at procrastinating. So um, I try to make sure that I have all my stuff prepped in advance. So like now meal prepping is Sunday, right? So that way I have my food set. So that way I'm not trying to think Monday morning, what am I going to eat today? Or like Tuesday, what am I going to eat today, right? It's like, no, I have my foods set for my lunches for the week. So it's like, okay, that's one less thing to worry about. Whereas if you're going through the week and you're like, okay, what am I going to eat today? What am I going to eat tomorrow? And like, that's another thing just to add to your pile. But then it's also like Reno mentioned before, it's like your training should not take a hit. You need to make sure that you actually are getting in your training because that should be your time to work on yourself. And when you're a new trainer too, it's your time to apply stuff that you're learning from other PTs. It's your time to try new warmups. It's your time to try new exercises. It's your time to see if this is a, you know, if it's, if it's a, I'm trying to think of the word, <laughs> smash or pass. We'll say that very loosely for an exercise. Um, and you're trying to see like, does it work for you? Is it going to work for your clients? And is it a useful modality for them? Right. But then also too, it's like something that I learned from the business course is like allocating time for yourself as well. So time slotting, you know, when you're going to work out time slotting time, that you're going to work on your business and then time slotting time that you have with your friends and family. Cause like, it's like anything else, your, everything that you have should be structured and everything you have should be all laid out for you. Cause then it's easier for adherence and retention. So it's really important to make sure that you are trying to, you know, um, move forward in a productive sense, but then also making sure that you are still taking care of yourself. Um, just because as a new PT, especially it can be really hard to, um, hold on to those things. And it could just be one of those easy things to just drop. You could be like, okay, well, I mean, I could work on content or I can go work out right now. It's like, well, no, you should make sure that you are able to work out still. Um, if that means getting up a little bit earlier to work on content, then you got to make some sacrifices in that sense. And then you have to, you know, go to bed a little bit earlier or just wake up a little bit earlier. Um, it's, it's all about trying to make it fit into your schedule. Yeah. Burnout is a very real thing. I've talked a lot about like grinding in the beginning and things like that. Um, and investing a lot of time into that grind, but burnout is a very real thing too. Right. And so like you were saying, Bryce, the, again, what we're talking about here at this point is like making sure those non-negotiables are there. And you're, again, like you said, content, something you need to get done with the business. But again, your, like your health, your training, like that stuff should, should come first. Um, for the most part, maybe you move some things slightly around, but again, for the most part, they should stay firm. And it's like a lot of us as PTs, we are doing some form of lifestyle coaching or the majority of it is lifestyle coaching, right? It's like, we're trying to train this client on how to make their training, their nutrition and their healthy lifestyle a priority, right? We work with a lot of, um, you know, parents, single or otherwise, and they have kids, multiple kids. And that's, you know, to them, obviously, that's their their top priority. But so many times, that parents, you know, maybe they're only cooking for their kids. And then what they need to be doing is, is falling through the cracks or, um, you know, finding the ability to or making the time to drop their kids off at school and then do their workout and then pick them up from school. Or example, 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 it goes on, right? But we're trying to, um, and I don't have any kids, right? But I've worked with so many parents and I've helped them um, make this lifestyle a reality. And so I can take that experience and use those whatever methods worked for someone else, right? Um, again, it's just like learning on the job, gaining that experience, transferable experience, that kind of thing. But we're trying to set an example that we're also doing it 
whether we have kids or that was just one example, but we're getting our training in, we're doing our meal prep, we're, you know, whatever it is, and we're just being a good example. Um, and then helping them implement that the same way. Again, we're humanizing ourselves because we all have our own struggles, like we talked about. But for the most part, we're, uh, we're kind of teaching them and supporting them on how to implement that the same way into their lifestyles so that overall, this progress can be a lifestyle, it can be sustainable, it can be long term. Yeah, you're helping them overcome objections and troubleshoot those things. Um, just so that way, if they're able to overcome them, adherence is higher. Um, and they're just more likely to sustain these healthy habits over a longer period of time. Um, seems simple in theory, but it is not. So, uh, but again, like I think the PT job itself is often very downplayed. I think a lot of the time they think that we just count reps and sets, um, but they don't think about a lot of the behind the scenes work, you know, the constant time that we put into programming, like we've talked about on this podcast. Um, the education stuff that we do to the point where like my head's like a hamster wheel and I'm always thinking about stuff that I can do for my clients or for content, et cetera. Um, or just anything else that you're trying to do for, for your own personal growth. So, um, if you're, you know, your coach isn't trying to help you in that sense and you know, you are struggling with that. Um, it's, it's good to have a talk with them and let them know. Um, so that way they can help you overcome it with them. And, uh, that way it can be something that can help you get forward in your training and your program. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up for me in terms of all those points there. But uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just close it up here. Um, so obviously, I'm going to have your your social media in the very beginning um, for those of you that want to check out Reno and all this stuff. But um, we'll let you plug it again here and talk to people about what you use for your social media, um, some stuff that you have in the works, whether it's through my body or otherwise. For sure. So yeah, it's just at Reno Henrique, just my name there on Instagram should be the first one that pops up. Um, we talked a lot about making content. I don't make a ton of content, but again, I do make enough that it kind of touches on a lot of these points that we talked about. Um, I will be making some more content now in the future that I've been, uh, now that I have more time off on the weekends. Um, Cause as much as I talked about having more time now, free time, I want to still be, you know, doing stuff like this, like the podcasts. Um, and doing more stuff with content in terms of like my own personal growth and then how I can help other people out there just having a, a larger reach in terms of uh, whether it be doing the content or even online services on the side as well. Um, nothing too formal with that, but it's like it's one more thing that I can provide people that can't work with me one on one or they can't afford it or whatever it is or they're on the other side of the world. Um, and again, it's just another way for me to connect with people and, and have that larger reach to help people. So. That's a big thing. Uh, I'm going to be doing a couple more certifications in this coming year. And hopefully, again, by like minimum time, I'm going to be going up in uh, to my next level, level five at Movadi. So getting up there and uh, just, yeah, yeah, just improving, always finding ways to improve my service, my business and my growth and my client's growth. Well, as always, man, it's been a pleasure. And I hope that people that listen to this episode can take something from it. Um, if not one thing, hopefully more than that. Um, just because, again, these are all things that we went through when we were first beginning. Um, and then stuff that we've probably just seen with new PTs coming through. Um, and if we can help you learn from our mistakes, and if we can help you kind of avoid those or just fine tune things you're doing currently, they can help you excel in your you know in-person space or even help you get some more clients in the online space too. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks guys.